You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. So uh, how many of y'all have seen the movie Moonstruck? All right, a fair number. If you have not seen this movie, uh, when you leave here, you need to go get it and watch it. Uh, because it's just one of the best movies ever made. Um, it, it was uh, made in 1987. Uh, it's set in Brooklyn, New York, and it centers around the Castorini and Camerari families, uh, these two Italian families. And by the way, the, the Camerari Brothers Bakery that's in the movie is actually a real bakery and is still open in Brooklyn. Um, but, and so it stars Cher um, and Nicolas Cage. They are the, the, the two stars of the movie. They're the love interest that the movie is, is, uh, is all about. Um, but one of my favorite characters uh, plays Cher's mother. The role's played by Olympia Dukakis. She plays Rose Castorini. And honestly, the movie's worth watching just to see the first scene that she's in. It's hilarious, and it, it really is perfect. Um, but I've been thinking about this movie uh, as I've thought about the sermon for this week, and it's because of another scene uh, with Rose Castorini. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, she is dining at the local Italian restaurant right around the corner from their house in Brooklyn, uh, where she goes frequently and usually alone while her husband is off with his mistress. Now, she knows that's where he is. Um, and very often when she's in there eating by herself, she gets to watch the spectacle of this local professor, Perry, wonderfully played by John Mahoney, um, who's about to suffer the, the breakup of another in a string of failed affairs with his students, um, which always ends up with him getting a glass of wine thrown in his face in the restaurant in front of everybody. Um, delightful movie. So in this scene, finally, uh, this happens they start talking, and he comes over and, and sits with her to finish their, their meal together. Um, she has some wonderful and colorful advice for him that I will not repeat in church, um, but you should, go, you should go watch this. And then he walks her home. And when they get back uh, to the steps leading up to her house, um, he's become uh, quite fond of her at this point. He asks if he can come inside. And she said, oh, no, of course not. And he said, oh, I understand there are people at home. And she says, oh, no, I think the house is empty. You can't come inside because I'm married and because I know who I am. And that's the end of the scene. It's that line, I know who I am. That's what really has is, is always captured me by that, uh, with that, about that scene. And um, I was thinking about that this week, too, about how do we tell people who we are? How do we know who we are? And you stop and think about it. Um, when, we, when we meet somebody new and we're getting to know one another, how do we tell them who we are? We might tell them where we're from, where we grew up. Uh, we might tell them who we are related to, who our family is. We might even tell them what we do for a living if we work. These are, these are ways that we describe who we are, but does a, do they really tell people who we are? And I wonder, I'm not, I'm not going to do this to you, I was tempted, 
uh, I was tempted to pass out little note cards to you and just have you uh, fill in this sentence, I am blank. And write down three things, three ways that you would end that sentence. I am. So I'm not going to ask you to do it. I'm not asking you to say it out loud, but think about it. What would you put? I am who? I am what? All this is going through my head because of this encounter between Jesus and Peter and the rest of his disciples that we, that we get in this morning. Um, just um, sort of full confession, a sermon on this gospel reading actually literally changed my life, saved my life. And I thought about just telling you about that sermon today, but I'm, I'm going to do something different uh, instead. I'll, I'll tell you that story another time. Um, so Jesus uh, asks his disciples. Now he's been, you know, he's been doing his thing for a while, teaching, preaching, performing miracles. And now he's got his disciples with him and he says, um, so what are people saying about me? What, what do you hear? Who do all these people say that, that I am? And I, I always wonder what it would be like to be one of the disciples at that moment and think, oh, no, what's the right answer? What, what do I say? And, uh, well, um, some people say John, John the Baptist. Um, well, other people think that you might be Elijah. Maybe, maybe Jeremiah, one, one of those prophets. And I just kind of wonder if they get the sense these are not the answers that he was looking for. Because then he says, okay, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And I suspect if there are crickets in Caesarea Philippi <laughs> at that moment, you could hear the crickets chirp. Uh, because that's the point where he's, he is no longer asking them simply to report what they may have heard, but to tell him what they really think. And even though Matthew doesn't tell us this, I suspect there was not a lot of eye contact at that moment as they are trying to figure out, wow, what we say. And thank God for Peter, you know, impetuous, brash Peter. Uh, he says, well, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And for all Peter's ability to say the wrong thing most of the time, this time he gets it right. He names Jesus for who he is. And he's clear about that. You are the son of the living God. Now, come back next week. And we'll get the rest of this story because Peter may know who Jesus is, but he clearly does not know what it means for Jesus to be who he is. And things are about to take a turn for Peter uh, after this. At this moment, you know, Jesus, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't hear this from somebody else, but God has told you, this is who I am. And so I wonder for us, if Jesus were to ask us that question, who do you say that I am? What would we say in response? Who, who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to you? What would we say? I hope at some point, regardless of wherever we start that answer, we, we end up where Peter did. With knowing uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, the one whom God sent for us to redeem and save us from all those things that we cannot save ourselves from, I hope that we are 
if we're sitting in this church, that we're clear that Jesus is the Son of God. But in some ways, I think the more important question for us uh, at this moment is, if that's who we believe Jesus is, the Son of God, the Savior and Redeemer of the world, well then, who do we say that we are as his followers? How does knowing who Jesus is change how we might answer that question I asked you at the beginning? This is who I am because I placed my hope and my trust in Jesus, the Son of God. And if we're unclear about that, then we'd be in good company. Peter and the rest of the disciples aren't clear about it either. They don't know what all this stuff means. If we're unclear about who we should be, maybe we can start with this. Knowing whose we are. To whom do we belong? And hopefully we know that we belong to the one whom God sent for us. To the Savior and Redeemer, not just of the world, but of all of us. We are His. And because we know whose we are, then maybe that does help us become more clear about who we are. The blessed and broken body of Christ, given to the world as a living sacrifice, a living witness to who Jesus is, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Amen. Mm-hmm.